This is our final sermon on the Battlefield of the Mind uh, series. Um, and whenever you come to do a sermon series, uh, and we've done quite a few now, it says obviously it doesn't answer every question that people have, uh, but it does open the door for people to have those conversations. And one of the things that we wanted to do was we wanted to put uh, mental health at the forefront uh, of, as a topic of our church. Uh, that people would be free to come along, people would be free to find the support and the help and the encouragement, uh, that we wouldn't be a church that, that simply says, well, if you're struggling in some way, this is not the place for you. What we're saying is, if you're struggling, this is the place for you. We want you to come and take a seat with the rest of us uh, because what some people are dealing with is not what other people are dealing with, but everybody is dealing with something. Uh, and as I came to the final one of this, because I thought to myself, I thought, wanted to finish with something that uh, encouraged us as well as gave us hope because that's the important thing about what we do because you can't fix everything in seven weeks of sermons. It's just not possible. You can't. Uh, anything think you look at as a subject it just gives you uh, a taster we get 27 minutes on a Sunday uh, to really dig in a little bit deeper uh, to what God has to say to us so I want to finish with something that would encourage us today on the journey that we are on because it is a journey uh, and the week number one I said this and this was so important that Jesus loves us as we are not as we should be hope to be or will be in the future there's something about the journey we're on that he meets us exactly where we are when you read the stories in the gospels uh, when Jesus came to physically heal people he often met them where they were at it could have been by a pool where they were waiting to get into the pool to get healed. It could have been at the side of the road uh, as they travelled by and they called out uh, to Jesus. It, it could have been when he was sat with the religious teachers in, in a meeting and a woman comes in and they all know that the story of the woman, but for this, uh, for, for, for them, uh, so we, we look at this and we say to ourselves that Jesus loves us as we are you know not as we should be hope to be or will be in the future and Paul illustrates this in a few verses in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 7 to 9 uh, and it simply says this it says therefore in order to keep me from becoming conceited I was given a thorn in my flesh a messenger of Satan to torment me three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Paul is preaching to the Corinthian people once again. We touched on this last week when we talk about taking our thoughts captive. Uh, they simply had a problem with self-reliance and boasting. Their lives were about the pride that they had in themselves, about the things that they could do. But Paul turns this on his head when he writes these words because he's telling them that he simply has nothing to boast about except his weakness because his weakness makes him realize how much he needs to rely on God for everything that he goes through as a person and for us maybe that's the encouragement we need today as we draw this series to a close the God has definitely not finished with us the God is still on the journey with us that he's walking beside us in front of us uh, and behind us because here Paul talks about something when he says he has a thorn in the flesh 
he has something that bothers him. He says there to torment him uh, to do this. Those people um, who would speak about the prosperity gospel, that God always wants to bless them and heal them and give them everything they need, financially give them more, all of this, this, these verses sort of throw that theology on its head a bit because this is the Apostle Paul writing this. This is the writer of half of the New Testament that simply writes these verses and simply said, I'm tormented by a thorn in the side and God has not answered my prayer. And I wonder when I read that, and for us as an encouragement this morning, if this is the Apostle Paul uh, displaying his weakness, does it teach us something about what we have to go on and do in the journey that we are on, in the struggles and the troubles and everything that we're facing? You see, when Paul talks about his weakness here, I, I know it's not a sin for him. It's not sin that he's talking about. It's trouble. It's calamity. It's illness. It's persecution. It's something that, that he can't do anything about, but he's bringing it to God and he's saying, God, would you do something with it? You know, and it tells us three things about the thorn in, in the flesh. And, you know, we could be here for a couple of sermons on this particular subject because the reality is nobody really knows what it is. Uh, there have been lots of people who have made lots of suggestions, but really we don't know what it is. But I think there's a reason for that. Because one, it stops people saying, if Paul had named it and you were suffering with it, you would claim some form of super spirituality that I'm suffering as the Apostle Paul suffered. And let's not pretend we wouldn't do that. I would do that if I found out what Paul was suffering with and I had been smitten with that. I would definitely say to you, I'm suffering as the Apostle Paul is suffering. So that's why we don't know specifically uh, what it is because it stops us becoming super spiritual. The other reason is this, is it could be anything because there is something about our weaknesses, there's something about what we are going through that A, God's grace meets us at that point of our weaknesses and what we're going through, and it displays our dependence, our reliance on God for what we're going through as well. So it tells us three things. It tells us the first one, that it had a physical dimension in that it was a thorn in the flesh, that it actually caused Paul some pain. The second thing, it said it had a mental dimension, dimension in that it was a messenger of Satan. And over these last few weeks, we've looked at, to, in a sense, what happens to us when we get attacked in our mind, but also what are some of the things that help us when we get attacked in our mind, but also it had a spiritual dimension. I think this is an important one, uh, that it was an unanswered prayer. It says that Paul prayed three times. And we know what that's like, don't we, when we pray not just three times, but more than three times. And we feel as though God has not answered our prayer. He's not given us the answer that he's looking for. But, but the, the, God does say something to him here. Uh, and Paul grasps hold of this, and it's important. It just, he simply says, these four words, he just simply says, his grace is sufficient. And I thought, what a tremendous phrase for everybody that's going through all sorts of difficulties, or, or maybe feels smitten by weaknesses or failures. He says, those four words just cover all of that, doesn't it? If it's good enough for the Apostle Paul, it's certainly good enough for me, when it simply says, his grace is sufficient. He goes to say these words, but he said to me, 
See, God had a response for Paul, that's what I noticed. And the answer was not what Paul initially hoped for. It was not what he was looking for. Often, we want to tell God the way we want our prayers answered. But often, God has a different way of answering our prayers. God still responded to Paul. We often close our ears to God if he responds in a way we did not hope for or expect. But the important thing here is that God did answer his prayer. He did do this. He didn't answer it maybe the way that Paul wanted because maybe Paul is sitting there and said, if I'm not tormented by this physical pain or this mental pain, then think of how much more I could do for God. Think how much more traveling and preaching and all the other stuff I could do for God. But for some reason, God has another idea. For some reason, God has something else. Uh, and often that's where the faith and the trust comes in because it's easy to have faith and trust when things are going well we're getting our own way things are working out and we think God is blessing us much much harder when we're faced with those difficult circumstances and situations where we feel as though God has left us in a sense that we're not getting the answers to our prayers that we're carrying the burdens of the world upon our shoulder uh, and you see, at those points is where faith and trust comes in. You see, sometimes God answers prayer by removing the burden. And sometimes God answers prayer by strengthening the shoulders that bear the burden. Instead of taking away the thorn, God strengthened Paul under it. And God would show his strength through Paul's apparent weakness. So it's hard for us to understand in the world that we live in, we're strong people uh, and being strong about everything is really what the world is about. That person is strong, that person has this all together. Almost Paul turns it on his head here. He's the man who is one of the great um, Christian figures, the, the, uh, the New Testament, probably second only to Jesus in how well he was known maybe in the Christian faith. And yet he's declaring actually that actually his, his strength is found in his weakness. That actually everything that is happening to him, he says God is not giving him his answer to his prayer. Uh, and God almost is almost showing him another way. That actually that his power that Paul has is coming through his strength. That God's grace and God's strength. See, you see, we don't really believe that God's grace is sufficient until we become insufficient. If I've got it all together, if I've got all the pieces together, if I know what I'm doing all the time, it says there is no sufficiency in God. And sufficiency simply means this, he is enough, he is enough. Paul knew in everything that he was facing, whether it be the mental or the physical or the spiritual, he just knew whatever shortcomings he had in those areas, it didn't matter because God's grace is sufficient. And that's the message that really we've got to speak out and preach when we come probably to the end of this sermon series, not the end of this subject, because I think we'll be on to this subject for a few years because it's dealing with something that affects everybody. But it's important for us to understand that whatever you're going through today, whatever's happening in your mind today. Even if God has not answered your prayer today, his grace is sufficient for you. For in your weakness, he gives you the power and the strength that you need. It says that's what this passage is saying and that's what we should be encouraged about today. 
You see, he boasts in his weakness because he knows that to be true. His grace and strength is sufficient. For when we are weak, he is strong. See, three answers to the question, how did God's grace make the difference and meet Paul's need? The first one is this, it expresses God's acceptance and pleasure of him. You see, when we receive his grace, it says we enjoy that status of favour and pleasing God. But that doesn't mean that God fixes everything in a sense that needs to be fixed by answering all of our prayers. You know, we never quite understand the whole dimension that, that God lives in from seeing the, the past and the present and the future and tying it all together and knowing what is best for our life. But what we do know is this, is that we're accepted by him today uh, and we please him today. Uh, and we think to ourselves, well, well, how do we please him if we're struggling? Well, well, because the more we struggle, the more we need his grace. The more we struggle, the more we need his strength in our weakness. The more we find it hard, the more we need his power. You see, his grace always pushes us towards a reliance upon him. Because God is not interested, in a sense, in those people that could do it all by themselves without him. He says, we must never get to that point where we think, oh, I've got it all together. I need less and less of God. There will never be a day that we don't need the grace of God. There will never be a time that we won't need the strength of God. There will never be an experience where we won't need the power of God. And you see, Paul understands this because he understands that it was available all the time. You see, when we fail, when we mess up, or when we don't feel like it as we've looked at feelings, or, or when our thoughts are wrong because we've looked at thoughts, when our attitude is not quite right because we've looked at our attitude, God's grace still meets us at that point of need. He still meets us at that point we need him. And, and the third thing we see because of our time is this, it was the very strength of God. It would be easy for God to give us strength. In a sense, often you say this to people that when you're praying for things, you know, it would be so much easier if God just blasted you with a sort of laser ray of what you needed. Oh, you need patience? Well, there's patience. Or you need hope? Well, there's hope. Or you need to why did God not just do that? That would be so much easier. It would be so much easier for him just to do that. But God often puts us in the circumstances and the situations that cause us to rely on him for what we need. And you see, what Paul needed here because he was trying to teach the Corinthians something was that they didn't understand grace at all. They didn't understand that unmerited favour of God. They didn't understand actually, you can pretend to be strong and you can pretend to be powerful, but the Christian message, the message that God has for you is this, is if you can't be strong and if you can't be powerful, it doesn't matter because in your weakness, his power is displayed. In your lack of strength, his strength is given to you. His grace meets you at every point and every need that you face. You see, your weakness will always keep you dependent upon God for grace and strength. Because it's most clearly seen in our weakness, isn't it? He says, you know, it's interesting that grace and joy uh, both come from the same word. That actually when we get a, a grasp of grace in the spiritual and as we come to worship, actually it causes us to worship. We get that because grace and joy come from the same word. Because there's just simply nothing I can do to earn his grace. 
that there's nothing that I could do. It's like I'm dependent upon his grace. And the only qualification for being dependent is that I'm weak at times, I'm powerless at times, I feel like quitting at times, I feel like a failure at times, I feel like I've made too many mistakes at times, I feel like I'm a sinner. And those are the qualifications for his grace meeting me. I don't come to him and say, God, I've been good at this and I've been good at that and I've been able to do this, would you give me some more? God's grace meets us in all of the things we don't expect it to meet us in. That's where God's grace meets us because he says it's in our weaknesses. And here in this situation, you know, you could argue and people do that God deliberately engineered these debilitating circumstances into Paul's life. So he would be in constant total dependence upon grace and strength. But then we have to understand there'll never be a day when the Christian life becomes easy. There'll never be a day when we think we've got it together, we don't struggle with the difficulties anymore. Part of being on the journey is there will be a struggle, but the struggles don't matter if the struggles push us to be dependent upon God. And that grace that meets us in our struggles, that's the important thing. You see, there'll never be a life without struggle. You know, we, we look at it and Paul says, uh, he, the, he sees that, the, the, he says, well, in, in my weakness, his power and strength is displayed through his grace. And for him, if that's true for him, how much more so for us? See, somebody said this, a mountaintops are for views and inspiration, but valleys are where the fruit is grown. Everybody wants to get to the top of the mountain, especially the fit people. So how do if you're not so fit? But when you get to the top of the mountain and there's no clouds, you're up there for the view and you can see for miles around and everybody loves it. And mountain tops are for views, aren't they? Somebody said the mountain tops are for views, but the, the valleys are for fruit. That's where the fruit is grown in the valley. There's no fruit that's grown on the mountain top. And I thought about a similar thought when it came to the grace of God. The, the wonder of God is discovered at the top of the mountain. But the grace of God is always found in the valleys. The grace of God is always found in our hard times, our difficult times, our times of trouble, the times that we struggle. That's where the grace of God is most found. Life is about having both experiences. Life is about standing at the top of the mountain and seeing the wonder of God. But it's also times being down in the valleys and experiencing the grace of God as well. And as we move on from this sermon series, it's battlefield of the mind and dealing with our mental health we have to remember that part of it there will be times when we will experience the wonder of God that's discovered at the top of the mountains but often there are times where we're in the valleys because it's there that we discovered the grace of God as he gives us the strength and the power that we need you know in this situation God could have delivered Paul he could have said to him my power is made perfect in my deliverance. Or my power is made perfect in my answered prayer. Or my power is made perfect in, in something else. But he doesn't say that. He simply says my power is made perfect in my grace. My grace is sufficient for you. He didn't say all the other things. He just says grace. That unmerited favour that we didn't earn, we didn't deserve 
where we couldn't work for it, that we receive because of Christ dying on the cross. See, the ultimate purpose of God in our weakness is to glorify the kind of power, in a sense, that, that brought Jesus to the cross and looked at the cross and said that, that this is all about him and nothing about us. When God works in our life and he meets us in our difficulties with our grace, it's all about him. It's all for his glory. Uh, and I thought about this as I finished before the team come and lead us in a final song. And this is so true, that when you have had enough, he is enough. Because the promise of that verse is my grace is sufficient. And sufficient means it is enough. And though we may come to times where we feel like giving up and quitting and going to do something else or returning to the way it was, we have to remember this, there is no way or nothing that God will ever give up on us. Because even when we have had enough, he is always enough. He gives us everything that we need. That's why his grace is there. That's why his power and his strength are there. Because they don't meet us in everything that we get right. But they do meet us in every way that we live upon the journey with him and this battlefield of our mind with our mental health, looking to God for help and grace and strength. You remember nothing else from today. Remember this, when you have had enough, he is always enough. He is always everything that you need. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today. Father, the truth of your word, as Paul demonstrates, your grace is sufficient. And Father God, in the difficulties and the troubles and the darkness that we may face as people, if your apostle is declaring that, Father, how much more do we declare it today? And Father, as we continue on with this journey, Father, we have not answered every question because that's impossible. But Father, we can bring people to a point of knowing that always on their journey, that, that God, that when they've had enough, that you are enough for them. That God, you meet them at their points of need. For if they need grace, you give them grace. If they need strength, you give them strength. If they need power, you give them power. And Father, you know everything that each person sat in this place and watching online is going through at this particular point. And God, there is no need that you cannot meet today. There is nothing that you cannot do today. You may not answer the prayers that we expect the way we expect, but we know this, that God, you can meet us in our need. And Father, with our needs, we entrust them to you. Thanking you for your grace. Thanking you for your strength. Thanking you for your power. In Jesus' name. Amen.